animal show that wants to do the right thing in any situation? For example, what is the best way to dump someone and cure hiccups? The answer is to tell them you've been sleeping with their dad. <laughs> I'm Danielle Ward, and with me trying to do the right thing today, on my right, he's as angry as a suicide note written in capitals on your wrist with a compass, it's Michael Legg. <laughs> and with him proof that Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel were lovers, Andy Lundsberg. Where does the Paul Simon bit come from? Well, you look like Art Garfunkel and you're a man, so that's... I've got nothing to do with Simon. (laughs) And on my left, Mini Driver with the air let out, is Margaret Cable Smith. (laughs) And with her, his parents can't spell Mark, it's Marek Garwood. (laughs) It's time for the first round, the importance of being right. Importance of being right. Like an agoraphobic fan of Hampton Court maze, we've spent a lot of time on the internet investigating situations with no obvious way out. In this round, I want the teams to use their brains and then their voices to tell me what the internet says we should do in another couple of tricky situations. Ladies first, Margaret and Marek, this one's for you. <laughs> Following a bizarre mix-up involving internet dating and prescription drugs, you end up on a romantic weekend break with overgrown boy scout Ray Mears. Being a selfish lover, he's decided to take you on a survival weekend up in his woods. After a close-on fumble on top of some bracken, Ray trots off to find you a nice badger with a side of hay for dinner, leaving you to dig out the toilet box. As you're getting on with the jobby in hand, you discover a hoard of Saxon coins. Ka-ching! But according to the Department of Culture, Media and Sport, what is the right thing for you to do with this very treasure? Let me get this right. It's in the toilet box we found it. Yes. Isn't there a law that if I piss on something, <laughs> then technically it belongs to me? Yeah. I think that's a law of... Possession like is nine-tenths of the law. <laughs> Marek, have you ever pissed on something then claimed ownership? <sighs> Lady? I think, um, <laughs> not on purpose, but uh, I think if you do piss on things, like, uh, well, you know, when you were kids and stuff, and you'd say there'd be, like, two lollipops and there was three of you, you'd say, I- I've pissed on that. And then you get to have both of them. <laughs> Maybe it's just an Isle of Wight thing, I don't know. <laughs> do you like going hunting for buried treasure, Margaret? Not particularly. <laughs> No, why you've not? got a child, yeah, why not? Yeah. I've got a child. What are you saying? I've got to look after his future, haven't well, you? She's saying she. <laughs> <laughs> I opened a bank account, Andy. Is that good enough, that? is it? Well, banks have proven themselves to be worthless. Buried treasure is now worth far more <laughs> than non buried treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Would you keep the treasure? I'd keep the face mask, probably, and the sword. <laughs> what is it specifically that's there? It's Saxon coins. Oh, it's not a what's sword? The, no! What's I'd the, use those to buy a Zorro. Saxon face mask and Saxon sword. <laughs> I think what I, if I found a large hoard of Saxon coins, what I would do is go to the Norwegian embassy and start hurling the coins at the staff of the Norwegian embassy, saying, go home, Viking imperialists, go. <laughs> Better late than never, I'd say. <laughs> people in this country. Yeah, you, you tell them. What is the cut-off point with money that you think you could keep and that you should give it? Because if you found £10, would mm. you keep £10 that you found, Marek, on the ground? Yeah, i keep £10, £20, £23... <laughs> this might go on £24. 
Up to 24 pounds, yeah. Up to 25, the kill gets you. This is open to anybody on the panel. What is the best thing you found in dirt? <laughs> My grandmother. She's lovely, but she is dead. Oh, you didn't find her. Surely you put her there. Yeah, but I know she is. So I could we, find yeah. her. Yeah. Refine. Yeah. You'd have to forget where she is, though. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And I can't. I could find your dead grandmother. <laughs> Don't give me any clues, otherwise it would take your time now. <laughs> I'm prepared to hunt her down and bring her to justice. <laughs> so no one's ever found anything. No only, one, only porn. No one. And that and that tradition's dying out now. Yeah, no one does that. Yeah, you have to find a whole computer now. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you could find a smartphone. Some people are buried with those, so you can text them once they're dead. That's a lovely way to keep in touch, isn't it? <laughs> but then you sort of feel guilty that they don't text back. Yeah. Or even more guilty when they My do God. text. Yeah. <laughs> Man, is it hot in here, Sam? <laughs> I am buried, sad face. Answers. The actual answer, according to the Department of Culture, Media and Sport, is you should report your find to the district coroner within 14 days of the discovery. The coroner? The coroner. It's yeah. too late for that, isn't it? <laughs> the penalty for not doing this is three months in prison or £5,000 fine. If it's treasure and a museum wants it, they'll pay the equivalent of the market value. And if no one wants it, it'll be returned to you unless the landowner, in this case Ray Mears, objects. So you might have to share your booty with Ray Mears after all. Um, <laughs> You won't be breaking the law if you don't realise that the find is treasure. Since when has not realising something been a defence? <laughs> uh, I, I think would... since the Nuremberg trials. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give points to uh, Andy and Michael in that round. Why? Right. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Because they were got it right, didn't they? No. <laughs> and listen to that staring ovation. <laughs> One for you. You both hear. You both hear about a little monkey that an old lady's been keeping in her flat. <laughs> is this real, Daniel? She's crying. Her plan is to eat it on her hundredth birthday. We've all been there. Neither of you wants this to happen. So, like superheroes, you rescue the monkey and hide it under a hat. On the way home, you are stopped by a policeman. The monkey, sensing danger, removes the hat and sneezes at the policeman. But unbeknown to any of you, that bloody monkey was a carrier of a new influenza mutation that rapidly spreads across the globe. So I ask you, what is the right way to survive a pandemic? Lemsip, clearly. Yeah. Well, it used to be always for me, like when I was pre-vegan, it was always an egg beat up in a cup and watching bagpuss. Egg beat up in a cup? Yeah. It this, used to, I keep hearing this. Yeah, egg I used to, egg well, chopped, you, chopped up in a cup. Yeah, you've got a boiled egg, you put it in the cup and then you smash it to bits with a spoon and then you watch bagpuss and you're fine. How? If, if only they'd had bagpuss in the influenza epidemic Well, I'm telling you, as a child, I had cancer and AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> and I was shot dead. And I'm fine. What's yeah. in the beating it up in a cup? How does that make it better from just eating a hard-boiled egg? You clearly don't know medicine. <laughs> Andy, how do you survive a flu pandemic? Um, I guess the key is to kill everyone else in the world before... <laughs> <laughs> 
So to basically encourage the rapid spread of the disease. Yeah, because I was going to say and hide, hide, and that's yeah. that's a sort of nicer version of what Andy said. Like, it's yeah. a different version. Yeah. But no, it's get, potato, stay away from everyone potato, else. Potato, potato, potato. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you say potato? <laughs> I mean, there's something wrong with you. Where would you hide? Surely it has to be somewhere with no air. Yeah, yeah, I'm uh, buried with uh, Michael's <laughs> granny. <laughs> but these flu pandemics could, don't really kill many people, the do they? flu pandemics. <laughs> do you uh, get the flu jab, Marek? No, I think um, my tip would be just to shave everything off. Shave yourself completely down. <laughs> no, flu. Well, flu, not flu. Yeah, no, that's not that's where the germs... That's where fleas go in hair, isn't it? <laughs> Also, also, I'm, I'm probably one of the most immune people. I mean, I've evolved beyond fleas. That means uh, also you, you would swim a lot faster away from any incoming disease as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 Flu coming into your swimming pool. Yeah. Also, you're much more likely to get cast as a snooker ball in the musical based on the life of Stephen Hendry. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, the problem is you don't get any other castings, and I, I found that. <laughs> Expecting to hear the phrase, I've evolved beyond the flea. <laughs> Has anybody had flu recently? No. I've not had flu since I was like eight years old. What is proper so flu hard. though? Because I, I. Oh, I know, what, I know this, I know this. Uh, flu is if there's 20 pounds on your doorstep, if you've got a cold, you'll go and get it. If you've got flu, you won't. <laughs> what if you're a billionaire? <laughs> well, how do you think billionaires get their wealth? <laughs> Caring about 20... They get their servants 20. to do it, don't they? All right, yeah, it's a complicated... Uh, is that £20 from the virus fairy? <laughs> <laughs> I will simplify it. Is um, wearing a surgical mask in public at all helpful? Well, it depends if you're a surgeon or not. In which case, <laughs> can't help to clear up any Emergency confusion surgeon. if you start going at someone with a scalpel. <laughs> I saw a man sn use his iPad to sneeze onto this morning oh. on the tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did you it You can get a special app for that, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The tissue app. Yeah. That's how I choose my songs. <laughs> Much better than Shuffle. It's pretty, pretty sexy. <laughs> uh, producer Ben, do we have some actual answers? We do have some actual answers. Um, I think Margaret and Marek got closest. You should wear a surgical mask in public. Flu enters the body through the mucous membrane, so you must protect your nose and mouth. But Marek said it entered through hair. Okay, <laughs> point off. <laughs> Other tips include rationing towel usage, everyone sleeping in separate bedrooms, sneezing and coughing into your elbow, Staying away from places where people congregate and disinfecting things like light switches, doorknobs and toilet flushes before you use them. The guides are very keen that you keep your hands clean. This is their advice word for word. When washing hands in a public toilet, first pull the lever on the towel dispenser to lower a towel. Then wash your hands, rip off the dispensed towel, then use it to pull the dispenser lever again and to turn off the tap. Discard the first towel, tear off the second towel, and use it to dry your hands and open the bathroom door, then discard. <laughs> oh, that, die. Makes, that makes fighting off the Luftwaffe seem relatively simple. <laughs> what are the scores at the end of that round, Ben? The scores are one point each team. Well, there we go. I think it's time for some agony. Like all of the ones in Audley Harrison's boxing career, this round is agony. <laughs> That's because we read out a letter sent to a real agony aunt and ask the teams to guess the response. So here is a proper agony aunt letter. Margaret, could you read it out with your teeth, please? 
Yeah, I'm just imagining this is what this person sounds like. Dear Agony Ant, I love my man very much, but I find it very difficult to live with his smell. He's good around the house and he helps with the bills, but he never washes himself or puts on clean clothes. I hate being in bed with him because, quite honestly, he stinks. I've tried dropping hints and being direct, but nothing works. Surely he could spend five minutes a day in the shower. He has enough time to spend four hours a day in the pub when I'm at work. Any suggestion? It does sound like he is almost certainly dead. <laughs> Hang on, yeah. Maybe he's just a really fit zombie. <laughs> is there well, any other kind? Yeah. Well, I've often, you never see any fit ones, do you? There must be some good-looking ones where you think, go on, then. <laughs> No one else is around. We've stuck, been stuck in this mall for the last 30 days. And, and they're guaranteed to scream a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I met uh, Florence Nightingale zombie. Did you? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, mama, take me home. Do you not worry about a bit falling off? Yeah, that would be the worry. As a lady, that would be the worry. Yeah. Go for the dismount and... <laughs> Great off, yeah. It's more about the personality for me, really. <laughs> Andy and Michael, how would you uh, deal with a, a stinky lover? It's hard to look beyond the power hose. <laughs> very good. Yeah, I don't know about a lover, but it's very hard when you've got a smelly friend, and we've all got a smelly friend, yeah. don't we? We've all got a smelly friend. Hey, come on, let's be honest. If you haven't got a smelly friend, you should it's get one. You know, bring it. Uh, really take a lot of heat off you. Um, but you know, being honest to your smelly friend means like dropping a hint would be like, oh, have you seen that new Lynx advert? That's very good. You see, that'd be subtle. And then less soul, which is the one that I've used, go, oh, do you know what, mate? Do you know what I'd really love to do? I'd love to watch you shower. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't smell anymore, and we've learnt a lot about each other. I have a friend who used to go out with a gentleman who didn't wash his penis for 11 days. Mm. And, That's an uh, experiment? Or? No, he's just lazy. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great excuse for Catholics to be lazy. Do you really think Jesus washed his wang in the wilderness? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the devil tempted him for 40 days and 40 nights. Wash your cock! Soap it up, J-boy. <laughs> I was tidying my bedroom recently. Do you know what I found when I was tidying my bedroom? I found two very small pools of vomit. No. <laughs> yeah, so I found it. And do you know what's worse than that? No. Uh, Jimmy Hendrix's body makes three. Honestly, this is revolting. I thought it was horrible trying to clean one up with a sponge and all that, so that was bad. But the very fact that the other one was easy to vacuum up. <laughs> it just snapped off. Oh. It was like the carpet was wearing a badge. <laughs> uh, producer Ben, what did, what, what did our agony aunt say with the actual answers? Okay, so the uh, agony aunt said, try a problem-solving approach. So you've noticed he's been reluctant to have a shower and ask what's the problem. Or you could suggest having a sexy shower together. Um, or you could be more assertive. Tell him, I'd love to sleep with you, but right now I don't want to because you smell dirty. Sleep on the sofa tonight if you won't have a good wash. 
The fact that he regularly has time to spend hours in the pub could indicate someone with an alcohol problem. <laughs> now, as always, we have also asked our audience for their own personal problems, so see if we can solve them with the same sensitivity we dealt with that problem. <laughs> um, Will Freeman, are you here? Yeah. Will's problem is, I go down the park regularly to feed the squirrels. I do it often enough that I can recognise individual squirrels. <laughs> but they don't seem to recognise me yet. What should I do? <laughs> well, cook and eat one, and that should pull the others into line. <laughs> Michael, you love animals. How do you get yeah, them to come Have you introduced yourself to the squirrels? Yeah, yeah. I feed them and that kind of thing. Well, they probably do know you. I think you just sound like a bit insecure. They've clearly taken you on board. They're famously cold, those squirrels. Oh, my God, terribly cold. I went out for one for years. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Other than really violent sex. <laughs> Quality piece of tail, eh? <laughs> Have you got any advice for this young Why are you gentleman? doing this? <laughs> <laughs> it was just, on all our minds. What's wrong with you? I just like them, probably more than people. What do you like about them? Just the way they look, the way they act, that kind of thing. Can't you find someone that looks a bit like it? We <laughs> have a conversation with them or something. Yeah, maybe, what, yeah. What are you feeding them? Mainly just nuts, peanuts. That's about it, really. Have you tried feeding other people, like people? <laughs> No. I like nuts. Go to, yeah, people in pubs love nuts. Oh, okay. You just go around. See, <laughs> <laughs> come over, they'll come over. Have you, uh, have you tried feeding them anything other than nuts? I've like had them steal no. other things off me. Like Such as? A what? can of Coke once. What? Yeah, I'm not making that up. I once saw a squirrel eating a bone. Oh, that's dark. Of another squirrel. I hope so. It was outside. Uh, job, is that what we're saying? <laughs> it was outside Manor House Tube Station. Okay. So, probably. <laughs> um, has that been helpful at all? Very much indeed, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, will everybody? Let's move on. <laughs> Let's check the scores of producer Ben. So the scores are that uh, Michael and Annie have got two, and Margaret and Marek have got two. <laughs> and if anyone out there in Internetville wants our panel's advice, email us at rightthing1 at gmail.com, and you never know, it might be better than asking God for help. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time to ask an expert. Ask, 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 ask. This is the round where we ask experts questions that only an expert could answer. And if for any reason we doubt their expertise, we make them stand in a corner and throw orange segments at them. Yeah, new thing. Um, yeah, so good luck. And this week our expert is a man who has done the Pamplona Bull Run in Spain 52 times. Please welcome Andy! <laughs> Andy. 53 actually. 53? <laughs> you just did another one on your way here. <laughs> right, so panel, I am going to give you uh, one minute to question Andy and gauge his personality, and then uh, we'll find out what you think he'll do in certain situations. So take it away. 
Have you ever um, done the running of the bulls wearing a pantomime cow outfit? <laughs> no, because uh, they're bulls and they would be attracted to the cow. Yeah, but what a story. <laughs> um, do you stay in touch with any of the bulls? No, but I did get hit one year and uh, ended up in the infirmary and the six lads that I normally run with went to the butcher shop where they sell the bulls from because the bulls are used in the fight that night. Um, and they went into the butcher shop the next day and bought the testicles of the bull that hit me and had it made fried into a, a sandwich and then gave it to me. <laughs> you know, that's really not the same. You could have forged a lovely relationship. <laughs> Instead, you ate his bull. He fucking hurt me. <laughs> We've all been hurt. <laughs> Daniel, you've done that to every ex you've ever had. <laughs> Are you a fan of mild self-harming? <laughs> no, I try not to get hurt at all. <laughs> right, so you've done this 53 times. Yeah. What is the most romantic thing that's happened to you? <laughs> uh, one year I fell asleep on top of the TV camera uh, oh, tower yeah. uh, so that I'd be able to just jump straight into the run the next morning and this young Spanish girl from Barcelona climbed up and lay down next to me and we ended up going out for about a year. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> well done, Michael. Jesus. Michael Jesus. Until she <laughs> was gored Jesus. to death by the Have the Bulls changed their tactics over the years? They, they've made it very safe. It's like the Grand National. They keep making it safer and safer. And like back in uh, 83, they used to have a kids run before the adult run. <laughs> Until <laughs> a six-year-old kid got... Yeah, six-month-old calf. ducks. <laughs> but that's Aylesbury. There is a, there's a running of the ducks in Aylesbury every year. <laughs> where they run the ducks this through the street. <laughs> now you know Andy like an old friend. Can you separate the bullshit from the bull truth in the following scenarios? Here is the first one. You have just started the bull run. Thousands of sweaty men, women and children are charging through the tiny medieval streets of Pamplona and you are stuck in the middle of them. This is the most exciting moment of your life because it's a bit like doing a real sport. The bulls have been released and are making their way through the crowd. Just as you catch sight of the bulls 20 metres behind, you trip over a fig. What would Andy do in this situation? A fig? Yeah. They're a Mediterranean fruit. I know they're a Mediterranean fruit. You can't trip over a fig. The fig is squashed into the ground and you Slip. Right. What should you do in this situation? You get, should get up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sound strategy, Mario. Have you done that before? I do that. I get up and I'd immediately take off all my clothes. <laughs> it's a confusion. And shave it's yourself a confusion down. I'm already shaved. <laughs> well, it's clear. You would just go shoo, <laughs> and they would go, wouldn't they? The bulls. They understand. English. Do you not jump up and complain to the ref that one of the bulls fouled you? <laughs> Just that it should be yellow carded. Andy, are any of these close to what you should do if you trip over you and the bull is You must never coming? try and stand up. Ah! Because everyone... When the getting bulls, minus points here, Mark. When the bulls get close, you're looking over your shoulder and you're running with your hand on the guy in front's back. So if you try and stand up, you're going to bring a load of people down. So you have to lie perfectly still, cover your head with your hands, and they'll jump over you. And, and do you also... then try and like just ankle tap one of the bulls? 
Trust me, you lie very still and wish you had another pair of trousers with you. <laughs> is it the same thing if a bull charges you in a field? Well, they've got terrible eyesight, they only go for movement. So if you're in a field with three people and a bull starts charging, stand perfectly still, it'll chase the other two. And tell the other two to run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Here's scenario number two. The night before a bull run, you meet an arrogant bunch of English tourists clearly on a stag do. You can tell because they're yelling at each other, even though they're indoors. One of them is dressed like Borat, and they all smell of Lynx Africa. <laughs> the next morning, as you're doing the bull run, you see their ringleader, the best man, being cornered by a bull that has got loose from the pack. It's unlikely he'll suffer a fatal injury because his beer belly offers his internal organs ample protection. But nevertheless, nonetheless... I think nevertheless is a valid <laughs> word. Lovely, it's lovely. You carry on. <laughs> He looks ever so scared. What would Andy do? <laughs> I don't know because I don't understand a fucking word you've just said. <laughs> do they not, in the running of the bulls, Andy will be able to tell us this, do they not use bulls that are themselves on a stag do? To get <laughs> <laughs> Excited bull. That is, that sounds like a fact to me. Marek, do you think Andy would save this idiotic man or do you think he'd let him suffer some non-fatal injuries? I think he'd let him die. <laughs> well, I think you can't interfere with it. Well, the, the gist is I'm getting, you can't interfere with the bull run. It's nature. Yeah. yeah. If you do, then everyone gets in serious trouble, I think. Andy, what would you do in that situation? You'd have to run in with your newspaper, because everyone has a rolled-up newspaper. Really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Is it sponsored by... What a bull! <laughs> no, you're trying to confuse it with a cryptic crossword. <laughs> The thing is that, as I say, they go for the movement. So you go in calmly next to it, walk in slowly, but keep the newspaper really moving fast in its eye line, and it will chase the newspaper and not you. But you've basically got to save them because it might happen to you further down the run, and then you'll, you'll want to want someone to come in and rescue you. So karmically you do it, even yeah, yeah. though... Yeah, his enemy. Although one time an Australian guy on a stag night, actually the bull turned around and came back the wrong way, and he just dragged me in front of him to, <gasps> to use as a guard. So Typical Australian. So, so I broke his nose. Typical <laughs> Englishman. And dance then, as old as time is. <laughs> And then the bull got, uh, there's, a, there's a sort of fence down one side and uh, it got its horn underneath the bottom rung of the fence and it was just swept along and everyone that stood against the fence, including this Australian guy, they just, it just broke all their ankles because they're so strong. There's about four of them all just lying on the floor. So then me and about five Spaniards ran in and took the bull away and took it out the street away from them while they got medical attention. How many bulls are there in the run then? Six bulls and six steers to keep them moving. What happens to the deers? No. Steers! Steers! Fucking hell, woman! Six, You're in charge of this shit! Six wild rabbits. <laughs> six old deers. <laughs> and one unicorn. <laughs> six old deers from the local nursing home who've got nothing left to live for. They can use as a decoy. Do you try and like get inside the mind of the bull, like psychologically, just like sledge you, say you're going to die this evening? You, want you, are you do it. try and get inside its head, especially if you're facing it one to one. Uh, I did have one time where I, a bull had turned around and gone the wrong way. I was filming it for Channel 4 and it came around the corner 
and I, I just put my camera out on my hand and uh, it was all taped to me, it was the old days, big cameras, and I just stood perfectly still, at which point I had a pork pie hat on so that the other cameraman knew where I was <laughs> in the run, and the hat just slipped over my eyes. And what had happened was there was another bull, I thought I'd counted six bulls past, but there was, I'd, there was one behind me and the, bull, the horn had gone up the back of my neck, not the rim of the hat, over my eyes. So I was going, who's fucking about with my hat? I put my hand up to straighten it and there was a horn came underneath my armpit, at which point I just went, I knew that I had to stay perfectly still. The last thing I wanted to do was in the, on the back page of the Spanish newspaper the next day, it just said, a big picture of me stood like this with my hat. And it said, this idiot cares more about his hat than his life. Classic Englishman. I think we've all learnt a lot more about bulls and deers now, Andy! <laughs> um, so, we've only got one round left, so before that we should go over to producer Ben for the scores. Ben, what are they? Well, I reckon Michael and have still got two, but Marek lost his team two points. Oh. <laughs> so stand Mar up, stand up! Marek and Marek, I've got zero! Do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. Do the wrong thing. In this round, we ask the panelists the wrongest thing to do in a situation. For example, if you find a necklace in a bush, the wrongest thing to do would be to steal the necklace and not report the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> this round will end when producer Ben parks his horn. Okay, here goes, gang. A shop assistant says she hopes you have a nice day. What is the wrong thing to do? Make her give you a nice day yeah. if she wants it so much. Why is that wrong? That sounds really nice. Uh, and make her... Uh, I was going to say suck me off. That's not, a thing. That's not a thing for a girl. Sorry, move on. Maybe if you like got a guide dog and cut his dick off and then this attach good. that to yourself and say to suck me off. That would be the wrong okay. thing to do. We win! Give me those points back. We've all been there. <laughs> it could be a normal dog. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Nice the guide dog yeah. is wronger. It is wronger. You discover £5,000 in the glove box of a car you've just bought. What is the wrong thing to do? Uh, is it get in the car and drive off a cliff with you and your entire family and the mother <laughs> in it? That's really wrong. Yeah, I, I would spend it on loads of chocolate bars for starving African children, but eat them all beforehand. Yeah. And the, just the bars or the children? Both of them. And just sort of send them the empty wrappers with a photo of you with your thumbs up. Yeah. Someone mistakes you for their masseuse. What is the wrong thing to do? Claim that you are their masseuse and then say, what I'm going to do for you this week is my new Texas chainsaw massage. <laughs> <laughs> you might find it a little stingy at first, but it's really working the bones underneath. Into it. It's good for your lumbar. <laughs> You'll chill out afterwards yeah. in the freezer. <laughs> you are left in charge of buying a pregnant colleague's leaving present. What is the wrong thing to do? A bottle of gin and a coat hanger. <laughs> yeah, come on. Um, a Weight Watchers subscription. <laughs> Andy. Probably put them in an old Soviet space rocket uh, in a dog outfit and 
fire her into space. That sounds very so expensive. Chase that stick. <laughs> they did put. A, they had another rocket before the dog in the rocket that just had a stick in it. Just had a stick. Yeah. <laughs> a sound that icebergs just don't listen to. <laughs> right, it wasn't big and it wasn't clever, but it's over, so producer Ben, what are the final scores? The final scores are that Margaret and Marek have got two, and Michael and Andy have got three! Yay! Well done to Michael and Andy. Thank you for listening to the show. Goodbye! <laughs> Goodbye.